Please note this is part two of a two-part episode. Please always consult with your physicians prior to making any changes to your treatment plan. Music is courtesy of Ryan Hamner. Welcome to Living with Scanxiety, the cancer podcast, a podcast geared to help you navigate the pediatric cancer world. As a mother of a child who battled a soft tissue sarcoma for over a year, your host, Rosaria Kozar, understands and will help guide you through your journey. She brings the knowledge of experts, families, survivors, and other organizations tied to the pediatric cancer world to your doorstep. Her mission is to inform, support, and promote hope for you and your family. This is where hope lives. This is where hope thrives. Together as one. I'm a reader. I'm one person that I need to figure out everything that's going on. So that night, I don't even think I went to sleep. I just kept researching and researching and researching. And I was on research overload. I wanted to speak the language. I wanted to understand it. So when the doctors spoke to me, I wanted to say, yep. This episode is a continuation of the episode with Luby Murtha, a lawyer located in Tampa, Florida, whose son battled cancer. Yeah, so you have a story, too. Like you said, you have a son. son. You have a fighter. Yes, I love telling his story. Um, It's, you know, always whenever I have to tell it, I I go back there. So 2014, I was, um, it started in church one Sunday. And in Florida, we're in Tampa, we have the Strawberry Festival. And it was the last day of the Strawberry Festival. And I was going to go to the festival. I was really determined, right? And so we were in church. It's an old church that we attended. And the pastor's wife said, "Uh, he feels kind of feverish. And I was like, nothing to Tylenol won't help. So (laughs) Tylenol him up and off we went to the festival. And he did look very just not interested, but I, I kept looking at him and the fever was, was going back up. So, uh, we were done at the strawberry festival. We came home. I gave him another dose, um, of Motrin, I believe, and just watched him throughout the night. And I, the fever kept going and coming and it kept rising. It was at 101, 102, 103. And I called one of my best friends who is, um, She's a nurse. She's an oncology tech. She was an oncology tech at the time. And I was like, Jasley, you know, what do I do? Because this is this. And she said, listen, I would call. I would go to your pediatrician tomorrow and tell them this was going on. My fear is always, I don't want people to look at me and think that I'm making a big deal out of nothing because he's not crying. He was just uncomfortable. And all it was, was just the fever. So I went that morning, I called and they told me to come in. They checked his temp. It's very high. They gave him a dose of Tylenol and they ran the test and he was negative for flu. He was negative for strep. They said, so his pediatrician, Dr. Lori, and uh, she is so awesome. She said, go home, put him in some ice, uh, put an ice bath to, to keep his temperature down. Um, but if, if it keeps rising and it's not responding to Motrin or Tylenol, you call us. So I, I did that and it still kept rising. So I called her and she said, come back. And so we came back and they ran some more tests. She said, go home and I'll call you with the results. 
Um, so we're definitely going to figure out what's going on. And, you know, throughout this whole time, this boy never cried. He was just, he was just chill, which was the scary part. Like he was just like there. And she called me, the doctor called and said, Luby, I need you to uh, pack your bags. You need to go to the emergency room at St. Joseph Children's Hospital. We don't see anything. We don't, our, our lab results showed negative, but we know that there's something going on because the fever is there. He's fighting something. So, um, I know she said she studied under these people over there at the hospital. If they can, if there's something, they'll definitely find them. So they'll definitely find it. So I pack my bags and I go to the hospital, call my husband, say, Hey, just very nonchalant. Hey, they told us to go and, you know, meet me there. And it's like, okay, cool. Talking, talking on my way there, get to the emergency room. He's still running a fever. Um, and then they take him, they run tests, nothing. They say, okay, maybe he has meningitis. Check him for meningitis. He's negative and they're like stumped. And so my husband comes and we're just chit-chatting with the nurse and uh, behind the scenes, we're not knowing what's going on. We're, I'm just, we're just cracking jokes with the nurse. And this whole time um, they're still trying to figure out and a, just the nurse who's walking by says to them, check his white blood count. And so they look at his white blood count and it is high. High, high, like the amount that was in him was high for an adult. And he was only 21 months. Mm, and wow. so they were like, wow, that that's a lot. And so they checked, they did the micro, uh, they checked under the microscope and it said, yep, this looks like, this looks like leukemia. And so the nurse, she knows that there's something going on, but she, you know, she can't tell us anything. So we're like, man, when are we going to go home and such? And she says, you know, sometimes people just, and I was like, we're going home. And she's like, well, you never know. So um, we're just very light. And then the doctor, the ER doctor comes in and he says, you know, there's these, all these tests we ran were negative, but we looked at his white blood counts. They're really high. And it looked like he may have uh, leukemia. And so we'll have on, uh, a specialist come and speak with you. And then the oncologist came, Dr. Abzut. And so she's talking to us. She's very sweet. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking at her like, what do you mean he has leukemia? Isn't that like a cancer? Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, that, that's a cancer. And, she, and I said, kids get cancer? And she says, yeah, yeah, kids can get cancer. And... He's still running a very high fever, so we have to admit you and we have to work fast because we have to control the fever. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I while she's talking and my husband is taking in everything she's saying, I see a small black casket and inside was a bald-headed little boy in a black suit. That is what the image that was in front of me. So you froze. I I was no longer here. I was just like, uh, apparently I was at his funeral. I, I was just, mm. this is where I was mentally. And um, I was immediately pulled out of my frozen state. Um, we're, we're very spiritual people. And everything we've gone through, I see um, God in it. And mm-hmm. uh, we called upon his strength to help us. And the pastor... So that very Sunday, when we're talking about the whole Strawberry Festival, we don't do Lent, but he wanted to use the idea of Lent, you know, about the 40 days and 
40 nights and he said, you know, just pick something and put God to the test and say, hey, this is what I want you to do to achieve in 40, 40 days. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. But that night I said, okay, God, well, actually I spoke to my husband. I said, so what are we going to do? What do you think? And he said, well, it's a high, um, high, uh, what do you call it when you're high survival rate? And that's what we're going to hold on to. And we're going to get out of this. He's going to, he's going to be fine. We're fighters. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we moved on with that mindset. Mm-hmm. We, that's how we went in. And I said, okay, God, you're going to heal my son. And I'm not, I'm not taking no as an answer. Like I'm not doing it. And so they put us upstairs and I'm a reader. I'm one person that I need to figure out everything that's going on. So that night, I don't even think I went to sleep. I just kept researching and researching and researching. Mm. And I was on research overload. I wanted to speak the language. I wanted to understand it. So when the doctors spoke to me, I wanted to say, yep, 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 yep. Nope, nope, nope. You know, I want to be informed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some things that's just above you, you know, like I had to learn to stay in my place because I'm a lawyer. I can tell you everything that I know about the law. I can look at a situation. If it's in my field, it's like, this is what's going on. But this is outside of me. Um, it's in the medical field. So I had to rely on these doctors to help heal my son, you know, get him back from the dead. Cause he looks so, he just looked like he just gave up. Right. And so they had to rush him to get some biopsy done because mm-hmm. they needed to control the fever, but they couldn't go in biopsy because his fever was too high, but they couldn't wait. It was a mess. And while he was in there in the OR, something happened, which they had to rush him to the ICU. And he was there for a couple days um, because they kept a really close eye on him because the amount of white blood counts that he had, the cancer cells that he had, they were concerned that as it broke down, it would attach to his organs and then create solid tumors. So we were just, you know, we were just like every day I was holding my breath. Okay. Oh, today's a good day. Today's a good day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, he ate a banana for the first time in two days. (laughs) And he, you just started seeing him started to revive a little bit. They did give us an official diagnosis. He had a rare form of a rare form of leukemia. It was Philadelphia-like, and it was a rare form of that. And we were told we're going to be in the hospital for a whole month. Um, but uh, we decided that we're going to do this as a family. So I stopped working. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband continued working. We had a older son. We had an older son who was only three at the time. And I was also pregnant. Oh my gosh. Wow. Right. So, um, it was, there was a lot going on, but we slept in the hospital. We lived in the hospital together. Um, if my son was that, di- it was, my son was admitted. We all were admitted. And you had your baby during that time. Cause he was in treatment for, a while. Yeah. So you were pregnant. Yes. Wow. I was, I was full on pregnant. And I got to tell you, I did not care for myself and my pregnancy. I took pregnancy pictures because I just didn't want 
my son to be born and not have those memories. So I just did it on obligation, but I had no connection to the one that was growing in me. And I actually said, okay, God, take me, take me, spare my son. But if you don't want that, if you're looking for a switch, take this child that I don't know, take this pregnancy and give me the child that I do know. I mean, I was just pleading and pleading and I was, you know, I'm very happy that that was not the case. I'm very happy that I gave birth to a healthy boy who is so crazy and he runs the house. (laughs) He runs us mad and he is a joy to have, but I'm very happy that God knew my heart and did not listen to, you know, those pleas. He took care of my pregnancy, took care of my baby while I took care of the child in front of me. I, we had a great support team, uh, the oncology. They were so awesome. My family and friends, they were even better. They took care of my home. They fed us. Um, they made sure that I had a baby shower. They made sure that I did stuff for myself because I was like, no, my son is what's important. Um, and they, even my older son was neglected because I was like, oh, he's healthy. He's fine. Everybody else can take care of him, but this one's the one that's fighting. So it, it, it was a real struggle to split yourself in four, being a wife, being a, a person pregnant, being a mother to an older son, being a mother to a child that is sick. Um, there were a lot of juggling that I had to do, and um, I don't know if I did it well, but I did it the best that I could with God's help, with my friend's help. Um, and it was 2014 when this happened. So 2015, 2016, we started to have, um, we started to get a better grasp on life and how to function. We got connected with great organizations. One of the best ones, Children Cancer Center. Um, They really focused on my older son, Mouse. You know, a lot of organizations, you can't help it but to focus on the child that's diagnosed the child that, you know, because you have the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's like, what is your wish? And you have other organizations that just focus on, you know, the child who's terminally ill and the sibling gets left out. But there's Mm -hmm. some organizations that really focus on the sibling where it's like they take care of everyone. Mm -hmm. They took care of us as a family. They took care of my son. They just made us able to just take a moment to breathe. And that's what it's like to be in that community mm-hmm. where sometimes you do feel alone, but then other times you have people who understand where you're coming from and you don't feel guilty saying, you know what? I'm upset. I'm mad. Like I'm just really angry and I feel sad that my son had to go through this. Um, but because people who don't understand are like, yeah, but your, your son survived. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, you feel guilty when people don't understand that you still have this resentment that three years were was taken. And it's in the end, I still feel like I have survivor's guilt because we know a close family whose child passed away. We were there in the room when he passed away. And it just it haunts me to this day. And I don't take the I don't take the grief away from the mom 
because shoot, this is a whole other world that I don't understand. But it's it's just there's so many different avenues to this life, to this community, where you just you just don't know. You got to just hold on um, and just try. I don't know if I'm even making sense right now. <laughs> no, you're making sense and. I admire you for being able to open up about the pregnancy and be so vulnerable about explaining how you felt at that time, because you are looking at this boy that you know, and you love, and you, like what you so eloquently said, but there might be other women that are pregnant, facing the same thing that you are. I hope that that gave them some peace of mind that they shouldn't feel guilty, that other women out there do feel this way. So thank you so much for sharing that and his entire story. And it's just, uh, it's so horrible that kids have to go through this. And there is survivor's guilt. And sometimes I've found since my child didn't survive... I'd like to speak for the community of the people that have lost their children. Uh, we eventually, if not right away, are happy, even though we wish that our child was the survivor. I think as a parent, you can't, you can't not think that way a little bit, but at the same time, there's another child there and they survived and that's fantastic and that's great and that's beautiful. And that's what we want for all children. And I, as a person that lost a child can say that I am happy for every single children, child that has survived. And especially those that have gone on to adulthood and achieved amazing things and parents mm -hmm. that have survivors or parents that have lost their children, you have such a res respect for life. So right. I think I think across the board there's so many similarities between the two of us. I too I, I'm I'm I am learning. I'm learning and I'm I'm I am thinking God that I, I I was able to experience that loss with the mom um because it gave me an insight to a little bit of your world. Mm -hmm. Um because all we know is our world. You know, there, there are two routes to this journey. Mm. And we we went one way and then you guys went another way. And it's it's like, you know, you never get a chance to really fully experience the the other side of the the, the fork, you know. Mm -hmm. But we were given a glimpse of it. And I, I'm so grateful for it because I feel in me a nonprofit because of all this that's going on mm -hmm. or because of what we experienced and there's no way I would have been able to connect with a bereaved family or with somebody who is going down that route if we didn't experience it firsthand or secondhand I should say if we weren't there to love on this boy and been with him for a whole year and then just see you know just to see his last goodbyes we would have never been able, we would have just been like any other person who, yeah, I've heard about it. I've seen it from afar, but we've, we've witnessed it. And I feel whole that I can say, you know, I a little bit know what it's like to see the child go. You know, I won't ever fully understand and I never take that um, approach. I want to respect the 
parental's right to grieve and such and to be, you know, you never want to take that away from them. And so it's, it's, I think it's great when you're able to just be able to meet people where they are. And I would hope that I can do some good in this community. We, the Myrtles, can do some good in this community, just like those other organizations did for us. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And uh, any final thoughts? That you want to give before we close up? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked a lot, but at the end of the day, let's circle back to what we started with. Because cancer is so unpredictable and because we know what it's like to have our life change with a snap of a finger, you know, the best thing that we can do for our family is to get our estate planning documents done. Yeah. Do what you can for when you can, you know, if we all know if there's something that we can take control of, we do it. We can't control how our kids going to react to treatment. We can't control the outcome of it, but we can control how comfortable they are. We can control who they're around. So it's just the same thing. So get your estate documents done. And if you need to find Luby in Florida, my information is um, there, right? <laughs> For them to find. Um, just hit me up and I, I will, I will help, you know, with the estate planning documents. If you're in Florida, I, all of her links are going to be on www.livingwithanxiety.org backslash show notes. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. And this has been a very informative uh, interview. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Living with Scanxiety. Please subscribe to hear more informative discussions like today's. Music is courtesy of Ryan Hamner. <laughs>